Hi, friends, and welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. And I am so excited about this episode because today I have on Heidi Mortensen. And Heidi, would you just tell the listener a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, my name is Heidi Mortensen. I am from Minnesota and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. So that means that I can bill insurance and I see people for mental health struggles, for marriage issues, for trauma. Um, We do individual counseling, we do family, so all sorts of counseling and mental health work. Um, And I am also certified in the daring way, um, if anybody's familiar with Brene Brown. Um, And I also am certified in EMDR, so I, which is a trauma technique. Um, that I think you maybe have had some other people on, but it stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. Um, So there's many different things that I do Um, as a therapist. I supervise um, other therapists. I have a podcast called Strong Tower Mental Health. Um, And so kind of doing the same thing as you, just really wanting to bridge mental health and faith and have it be a normal thing that we don't avoid this conversation and we know the authority that we have in Christ. Um, Yeah, so thanks for having me on. Yes, absolutely. I love therapy. I love the therapy component. And I just, I love what you're doing, how you're mixing your skill and incorporating the Holy Spirit's guidance in that and just helping people find a road to freedom. I just love that. So thank you so much for being on. Um, I think I really wanted to talk to you today um, about betrayal trauma. And one of the reasons is because we hear from a lot of different people, a lot of different relationships, a lot of different couples. And one theme that I tend to notice quite a lot is that there's a lot of unresolved trauma Mm -hmm. and people are just kind of floating around in their life, looking through a lens of trauma, not even realizing what is going on. And so, you know, either it's, trauma that has occurred in their childhood and they brought this into the relationship, or maybe it's trauma that's occurred within the relationship. I feel like that this is a topic that needs to be on the table more, especially in the church world. I I feel like, as you were saying, a lot of mental health issues is kind of overlooked. And I think it's time that we start diving into these things and helping people find some help from the things that they've suffered, you know, whether childhood, whether it's relationship, whatever it is, you know, there is a pathway to help. And I'm so thankful for people like you that are just going there. But to start things off, could you just talk about, because trauma is a very, very real thing. Could you talk a a little bit about what trauma is and how somebody could identify this in their life? Yeah. So in Psalms 38 or 34, 18, it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Yes. Um, so trauma is essentially our spirit being crushed. And we, you know, we're made up of body, soul, and a spirit. And when our soul gets wounded, then that's our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we essentially are, it's almost like we're like, we, we aren't believing the truth of what God has said about us because of the hurt that has yeah. happened. And so that's like our soul is crushed. And so we just get broken down. And so 
whatever God says about us, we're like, what, what God says I'm loved. God says I'm worthy because we're so enveloped and so focused in the hurt and the pain that happened that it feels like, okay, again, feels, it feels like right. God is far away. Um, but, and I, you know, and God says that he heals us though. He heals up and he binds up our wounds. And so mm-hmm. he is our healer and he's there to actually bring it to, to bring that healing. But like you said, we have to be aware that it's actually happening and yeah. that we've been crushed. And so if you have that feeling of like, oh, I've been crushed or I don't, believe that I'm worthy. I don't believe what God says about me. There's some trauma in there. And I would say that there's, there's big trauma and then there's little trauma. And often in the church, we ignore that little trauma. So like that would be, maybe you experience poverty or you experience neglect, but it wasn't so bad that you were being like physically abused or sexually right. abused, but you didn't have a parent who was there telling you, I love you. You're worthy. You know, I, I want to spend time with you. You know, they're okay. off busy working all the time. And so that's trauma. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to slow down and recognize where our soul has needs, like, especially as like babies, we need to be comforted. We need to be fed. We need to be loved. And if we don't get that, there is trauma that happens. Our soul gets wounded and we then grow up as an adult. And now we're an adult. We're not in a ba- We're not a baby anymore. And so then you're married or you have a relationship with someone and they do something that just totally triggers you and you fly off the handle and you're wondering, why am I flying off the handle? Well, because there's a little trauma that happened that told you you're not worthy. The enemy comes in and tells you these lies. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. And that comes out in your relationship. But the reality is you have hurt that needs to be attended to. So this is kind of where it can be hidden. This is like these attachment wounds and these attachment trauma that we have that we just think it's like no big deal. Like, oh, it's no big deal. My dad loved me. You know, he was there for me or my mom loved me. They fed me, you know, they gave me what I needed. They went to my sports or, you know, we, we, we try to cover up that we had, you know, these great upbringings, which many of us do, but we miss that there is a need of attachment and love that God Mm -hmm. is the one who gives us. Like God is that comforter, you know, he's that nurturer. And if there's something that's missing, we have to be able to feed that. And, and so, so I, I think some, sometimes we don't even know that we have it because we don't even know that it's something that we missed. Yeah. Until you are struggling in your marriage and then I get you to go to counseling. You're like, I don't know why I freak out <laughs> or why I'm struggling. And it's, it goes back to something in childhood. And then you feel right. shame about that. You're bringing this up. It's like, I should be over this. It's like, no, it's okay. Like, it's okay that you're struggling with it. And, but we need to slow down and and identify those needs, those little kid needs that we need yeah. from Papa God. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I'm just imagining the listener as they're listening to this, it's like just hearing you talk about things that happen in your childhood and they're kind of playing out in adulthood mm-hmm. and you don't even realize what's going on. It's kind of like you're on autopilot yes. from something that was set for you years and years ago, That's exactly but, the, right. 
but there's hope. Oh my goodness. Yes. Such hope. Yes. Um, I remember somebody described trauma as being hit by a truck on the inside. That's good. Yeah. And as you were describing it, you know how it crushes your soul. I was like that. I think people can relate with that, but I know specifically for me, it was a very, very difficult road of (laughs) self-discovery. I thought I was crazy. I thought that I was just unwilling to move forward. Mm. You know, I thought that, you know, I was even emotionally unstable, Mm. but I was extremely fearful. I had just all of these, you know, crazy symptoms, but I couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. And much of it felt like it would happen even without my consent. You know, some of these Mm -hmm. um, symptoms, it was like, but then all of a sudden I remember the Holy Spirit just started to highlight the term trauma to me. Mm -hmm. And then I would see it and I would hear other people talk about it. And so that really started me on a path of studying trauma, which I'd never thought about doing a day in my life. (laughs) And what I found out was not only were my symptoms that I was having were kind of checking all of these boxes, but it took the shame away. It was like, so I didn't know. Yes what the culprit was all along, but it was like understanding Mm -hmm. my own issues helped put me on a healing journey. It was like all of a sudden a light opened up, you know, the Holy spirit was like, it's trauma Mm -hmm. and identifying it and seeing it was so freeing for me and took so much shame off of my shoulders. Yes. But I wanted to talk to you about that because I think that some people, they've lived through horrific situations, um, either like we were talking about childhood or even in their relationships or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe they have not dealt with it for many, or maybe this has been something that they've dealt with for many years, not even realizing it. And now that they're kind of hearing this conversation, they're noticing, you know, this might be something I'm dealing with, but, you know, I've lived half my life. Is it too late to even rewire my brain? Is it too late to even, you know, turn the situation around? You know, if it's somebody who's lived with their sport, a big portion of their life, it can seem daunting. Like this is just how I am. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Like the, the Holy spirit can rewire our brains there, the fact that when you started to recognize the word trauma and you started to hear like, oh, there's hope, I can actually get better. There's a name for it. Sometimes people actually get relief when they get a diagnosis. I'm not a fan of diagnosing people um, because to me, I, I don't like labeling or like putting a curse like you have depression, but there's right. some diagnoses that can give you some relief because then it says, okay, this is what God needs to heal that's in me you know, like post post post-traumatic stress, if you have PTSD or even dissociative identity disorder, that is very helpful to know so that you know how to actually get treatment. It's very different than regular depression or regular anxiety that's showing up, but all of these come about from trauma. So you don't, and this is just my take as a therapist. I, I know some therapists would say, nope, 
that's what you have for the rest of your life. I don't believe that. I don't believe that if you struggle with depression or you struggle with anxiety, you are going to have that for the rest of your life. I believe that God will redeem this. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes we don't go to therapy or we don't get inner healing because of the shame that you're talking about. But Romans 8, 1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you seek out the help and you seek out the healing, God is going to bring it for you. It it may not happen overnight, just like with you, it was a journey. But if you look back at your journey, that the Holy Spirit was always there guiding you little by little you know, a little thing here, a little thing there. Oh, here's the word trauma, you know, here. And, and he'll just keep revealing thing to things to you. And it's like, we move from glory to glory, deliverance to deliverance, you know, you, and, and I feel like God moves us with where we're ready in mm-hmm. the time that we're able to experience it. So I will have people that will come in and they're like, I want to do this work. I'm ready. You know, let's, let's do EMDR. And when they come in and I start hearing their story, I find that they're not ready yet. They still have right. so many attachment wounds that they've got to learn how to trust me as the therapist. And so there needs to be some safety created there because there's been so many wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like there's, there's some of you that have, that are kind of hesitant to want to step out and start talking about your story because you're afraid of how even the counselor or the person who's doing the inner healing will respond. Um, And so I want to encourage anybody who's listening that if you are stepping out and you are actually getting that help and and asking for help, and if you don't feel encouraged, if you actually get, you know, you know, negative responses back, who just go to somebody different. Don't stop because we counselors, we're people too. And, you know, we have to do our own work. I have to make sure that I'm connected to the source, that I spend time in worship, that I spend time in the word of God and that I'm praising him. And, and knowing that at the end of the day, I'm just a little girl sitting at father God's feet. And that that's all that matters. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing this for some other gain you know, I wouldn't be doing the podcast if I didn't love God, you know, I would just be a regular therapist seeing my clients and, but I see there's so much power in bringing God into this healing and how he can quicken it. Um, I've seen what he can do when he moves someone into that place of I'm not worthy to, I am worthy. And that he was actually in, he was right there. A lot of times people will struggle with where were you, God? You know, this trauma happened to me and this was so difficult and they struggle with, you know, I feel like you weren't there. You were far away. And when they're able to actually invite God into that moment, things shift, their Mm -hmm. mind starts to shift and they understand that God is not the enemy. We actually have a real enemy and God isn't that. God has always been for us. He is not against us. Um, But sometimes the church, unfortunately, doesn't tell us that there's a real enemy. So we have churches that sometimes are watered down. And so then you think that when something bad happens, it's just God not being there for you. No, that's not true. God is always for us. He's always there with us, but there Mm -hmm. is a real enemy and there are ways that enemy gets in. And so being able to identify that, yep, there's a real enemy. They, he tells us lies. And so we believe these lies about ourselves. and, um, yeah, I hope I answered that. I kind of went off in many different directions, but I really just wanting to give hope that we can get rewired. It doesn't matter if you're 80 or if you're 20 years old, 
God is so much bigger than anything we experience in this world. Right. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, I was just thinking about, um, you know, how, how you were saying that God will bring stuff up when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And I have an example of that happening. Um, just a couple of years ago, I had an encounter with Jesus where he came into my room and then he, I was just, I get a time of prayer and I don't even remember what I was praying actually, but I was just in a time <laughs> of prayer and Jesus, I saw in a vision, he came into my room and he reached into my chest and he pulled out this like gray matter. It was gray. Mm-hmm. And then he held it up to his cheek and just embraced it. Wow. And then he took it and he, he pushed it into his chest and then he proceeded to pull a heart out of his chest. I began to realize that was my heart that he just, and he pulled this other heart out and it was red and it was vibrant and it was alive. And then he pushed it back into my chest and that that's where the encounter stopped. And that day I came across the scripture and I, I can't remember where it's at to this moment, but it says, I will give you a heart of, I will re- remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I knew in that moment that that's what had happened to me, oh. that oh. I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready previously, Yeah. yeah. but he, he comes and he brings stuff up. Like we were talking yeah. about when we're ready to yes. deal with them. Yes. I love that so much. That's how, that's how caring and just loving he is, is he doesn't discount what we've gone through, you know? Yeah. And I want, I want to speak to this because one of the things that I have noticed that will stop people from actually coming and getting help as well, besides the shame is what happens in their body. And so when we experience trauma, it, remember I said it was body, soul, and spirit. So it's not just our soul, it's our our body that actually experiences a lot of trauma. So you might feel stomach aches before thinking about getting help or, or thinking, oh, I need to do this. And, and so there's a stomach ache or your chest hurts or your heart's beating really fast, or you might have sweaty palms. And so just noticing these body sensations is where it, it's connected to trauma. And mm-hmm. a lot of times this can stop us from stepping forward to doing something because of that that fear that's in our body. And this is just where we need to keep going and we need to push forward. Um, Because one of the things that I will talk about is pre-verbal trauma. So this is before we can actually talk. So like from zero to three, um, if any of you have had trauma where you've been young and you're not talking, you're not able to talk about it, that trauma is held in our body. And so if you're an adult and there's things that you're doing, you're wondering, why is this coming out or why am I struggling with this? There could be attachment wounds from a very young age. And that really just being able to allow your yourself to go to the father, to go to Jesus and just be comforted, just like what you're talking about, how you just were spending time in prayer with Jesus. And um, it's Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, where it talks about come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. So you don't need to analyze it. But just be a little kid and go to God and just say, I, my stomach hurts and I don't like it. You know, like you just be real and just say, "Uh, I think it's trauma, but I don't know. And I just need comfort and just be a mess. 
to Jesus, to Father God, and invite Holy Spirit to just comfort you and allow those emotions to go to God instead of trying to, I think we analyze things too much and we try to take things apart. We talk about it. And again, I'm not, I'm not against talking. Obviously I'm a therapist, um, but I've just noticed where God is the best doctor. He, the Holy spirit is the one who's going to move things so much better. And as we do that, he's gentle and he's going to then move us to the next thing that we're ready for. And so as you allow that stomach ache or that chest, you know, beating fast, you bring that to God and then Holy spirit will reveal to you you know, you've got some attachment wounds or, you know, they'll, they'll reveal then what needs to happen. And you'd be like, okay, so what do I do? Well, just, just let me love you. Just let me comfort you. Just be a little kid yeah. and, and let God give you what you need in the moment that you need it. And then he'll move to the next thing. Like as you allow yourself to get what you need, he's going to provide, but we have to let him and so I think that that's often where we struggle is that when we've had the trauma, we have attachment wounds even to God. And so then if we have attachment wounds to God, how do we even go to him and feel safe with God? Because we have some like warped view of who God is because our dad wasn't very loving. So we think God's not very loving. So this is where we have to we have to start with allowing the word of God to start to get in, you know, mm-hmm. being in worship and and finding people who can pray with us to help us to know that God is safe and to break yeah. off those lies that God is a good God um, instead of the, the matching to the attachment wounds that we had as a child. Mm. You know, and even as you're talking, I was thinking about sometimes as you're walking through that healing process, For me, at least, I know that sometimes it would feel as equally painful as I'm walking through it, Mm -hmm. almost as it did as I was in it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so that can be a really hard place because that can make you want to quit when you're in that place. And all of a sudden the hurt is super real again. Yes. But like you're saying, it's so important to stay engaged in the the process of healing. So how would you encourage someone say they're in that place and they are struggling. They, they want to be free. They want to be whole. They don't want to live with trauma as their lens, the rest of their life, but there's places that are painful and they just want to keep pressing stop. Like what, what could you say to help them keep pushing forward through that struggle? Um, well, the biggest thing that I would say is you don't need to be the one that's doing it. Like, I think sometimes we strive and we muscle it out and we try to think we need to do all these things. All we just need is a yielded heart. And we just say, God, help me, Jesus. I surrender to you. I submit to you. I'm struggling. I need your help. That is really the biggest thing that we need to do. I mean, yes, we do need to take the steps and schedule appointments and things like that. But if you're just really, really fearful and really struggling, just start with the yes and just say, God, it's a yes. God, help me. And I also want to encourage you that God is bigger than your trauma. No matter Mm -hmm. what you experienced, he is bigger. And the original design of how he made us is in his image. So if we said yes to him and he's inside of us, that Holy Spirit is working. So even if we do try to run away, God is coming after us. 
So it's too late for the enemy if you've said yes to God. And so the Holy Spirit's going to pursue you and that healing will come even if you're kind of pushing the brakes and saying, I'm not ready and I don't want this. He will come after you and it'll come maybe in a sign of a person coming and speaking life to you and, you know, some encouraging word, maybe a podcast that you hear. Um, it could be an event that you attend and, you know, somebody is like, hey, I, I, the Holy Spirit highlighted you to me and, you know, he's going to come after you. And so I want to really encourage you that even if you're not feeling okay, that our mm-hmm. feelings will tell us something that's not always true versus right. what God says. And he is so much more, more powerful. All authority and power is, yes. is with Jesus and he wins. And so I just really want to encourage you that like he, he's doing the work he's, he's already working mm-hmm. in you. Um, and to not allow the lies of the enemy to kind of come in and, and um, yeah, I mean, I just, it's God wins. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and I, I am living proof that you mm-hmm. can, there's life on the other side of trauma. There's life when you're walking through trauma, it is, it's a process, but you yeah. can get there. I have one more question for you. Um, because I, I was just thinking about, my spouse, my husband. (laughs) Yes. So for me, I was the one that was walking through the whole, I was walking through this whole trauma experience and my husband, you know, he's on the other side of this watching me, you know, watching me go through the process, watching me go through the ups and the downs the you know, the hilltops and the valleys, all of the things. What can you, what encouragement or what advice even would you give um, to the partner of someone who's walking through a healing journey of trauma? Yeah, this, so I actually went through some similar stuff myself. Um, so I can kind of share a little bit personally about what I actually did and, and yeah. what was helpful. Um, so one is I started to pray. Um, so I think this is a big thing is, and being able to pray, not God change them, but God changed me and then being able to pray over them, you know, over their mind, over their work, over their reputation and, and really just over everything for them and really just staying committed to that. Um, something that I did, I started to do um, is a kind of a skill that I would learn that as I would notice, and I discerned myself getting frustrated. So like right in the middle of, of being angry and frustrated. So I was like, ah, I can't stand them. And I'm like mad. And, you know, and so I'm going to go to God to like vent. And as I'm going to God to vent and just talk to him about how I'm frustrated, I would then ask God how he sees him. And there was this one time that I was really frustrated and I saw my husband and I ballroom dancing. My husband is not a dancer. So this was not a, you know, like real thing that has ever (laughs) happened. And so I knew it was something that God was like shifting in me. And as I saw him, he was so kind. He was so loving. And God then showed me my husband the way that he sees him. And then Mm -hmm. I started to thank God of how loving my husband is, how kind he is, how such soft eyes he has and how patient he is. And I started to pray based on what God was showing me about him. And so having vision and having like asking God how they see them can help shift us 
Because when I'm clouded with those emotions of frustration, the enemy's winning. And although that's real, that's really what's going on. There's really a tough situation that's happening. If we don't learn how to war in the spirit over these situations, we won't be able to overcome them because our husbands are not the enemy. Exactly. Roman or Ephesians 6, 12, that our enemy is not against flesh and blood. And so it's not, so if we can see the enemy is a real enemy, not the person, we then can start to pray more effectively and, and understand the authority and the power we have over what the enemy's doing instead of getting frustrated and ragging on the person. Um, and then one more thing I would say, make sure you have supportive people around you. Um, if you are going to somebody and you're complaining and they then complain with you, mm-hmm. I would decrease being around that person. I think that it's, it's very comforting. It's like, oh, this is so nice. This feels so good to just vent. Okay. Well, we also need somebody to help like, okay, they listen that, you know, they're able to validate and then say, well, can we pray? You know, so really be able to discern who's around you, who's speaking into you um, and making sure that you have somebody who's encouraging in you and kind of bringing you back. I mean, you don't want them to like be like, just shove a Bible verse down your throat when you're crying. Okay. No, we, we don't want that, but we, we want the, the, there to be able to listen, have empathy and just say, you know, can I pray with you? And then as you pray, really shift what God is saying and seeing and, um, and be support over other our friends as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so helpful. I mean, that's, especially if you're on the other side of it and you're looking in and you're like, I want to help them, but I don't know how Yeah, that is so important. Only the enemy is our enemy. Yeah. Our spouse is not our enemy. No. <laughs> I love that. Just yeah. seeing them the way that Jesus does. I mean, you cannot go wrong. Well, you cannot go wrong. Emotions. It shifts yes. your emotions when you do that. Um, and it's hard to stay. It was for me, it was very hard to stay angry. Um, but when there's significant trauma, it's a different level. We don't go from anger to, you know, laughing. It might be from trauma to like being, you know, a little bit comforted or, you know, like, so we, it's just depends on what it is that you're dealing with and where you're at. Right. Um, so I want to be sensitive to that. If there is um, like, and if there is significant um, violence that's actually in the home, it's important to not continue to keep allowing yourself to be in that. Um, that doesn't mean you say, you know, ah, this is done. Um, but you need to make sure you're in a safe place because when we're not in that safe place, it's hard for us to even think. Right. And so I just, I want to be sensitive to those situations as well. Yes. I'm really glad that you said that. I'm I'm so glad. I was actually going to ask you, you know, is there any red flags? And that would clearly be a red flag. Especially I think Christians were like, oh, I just need to take the beating. You know, no, don't take the beating. That is not okay. But you still have authority over what the enemy is doing. Even though it looks bigger, it is bigger. It's still an enemy. Okay. The husband is still not the enemy. That person who's causing abuse is a wounded little child who did not get love as a little kid. And so it'll come out. It's all that's trauma. And so we need to be able to understand that people who are causing hurt to others were not loved themselves and have wounds. Right. So people aren't just mean for no reason. It comes from somewhere. There's always a root. Like that saying, hurt people, hurt people. It's It's sad. It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. Yes. Well, Heidi, I have, oh my gosh, I could 
talk to you about this subject and just about what God wants to do in mental health forever. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually hope that I can have you on again, because I I just, I love this so, so much, but I just want to thank you just for taking time out and for coming on our podcast. Would you let the listener know how they can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have a website that is my name. So it's H-E-I-D-I-M-O-R-T-E-N-S-O-N.com. And then you can find me on um, Apple Podcasts. It's um, Strong Tower Mental Health. I am also on Instagram and TikTok. I just started TikTok last year. Wow. Um, So that's been kind of fun to do different um, different reels and different videos and just kind of highlight some of the guests that I have as well. So um, thanks so much for having me on. And it's really, I'm very encouraged to hear what you and your husband are doing. And um, yeah, this is very encouraging. Yes. I love this conversation. We will have to do it again. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Heidi, for your time. And as always guys, until next time, we bless you.